And Keichi, welcome. Hey, you go, girl. <laughs> for me. It only took me an hour and 45 minutes to figure out how to properly pronounce the name. And she's like, just call me Keichi. I'm like, no, Keichi. Yes, yes. Now you're just showing off. <laughs> yeah, now it's just going to roll off my tongue. There you go. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm actually really awesome. I have to tell you the truth, though. I don't ever feel bad because my husband, for the first couple of weeks that we met, like when we were dating, never said my name. And it just so happened, I mean, he would call my phone. So I would always pick up, he'd be like, hey, babe. Hey, babe, babe this, babe that, honey, this, gorgeous that. After all, I'm like, this this guy doesn't say my name. And I'm like, no, dude, what's my name? He's like, <laughs> he's like, baby. <laughs> like, okay, how do you say it again? <laughs> like, oh my God, yes. I know. Well, it, okay, so let's just call a spade a spade. It didn't take me that long. And no. I would have, what am I going to call you as a nickname? Hey, babe. Yeah, <laughs> no. not happening. Those I who know me really well call me Ink. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But Why? you have to learn. You have to learn in Kichi first. So. Okay. Oh yes. Idea. No. <laughs> I'm gonna stick to that because now I got it down packed. You got it, and girl. why do they? Why do they call you that? Can I? Can I ask? Is there? I think a story? it's just I play. I mean, I played soccer. Imagine trying to like kick a soccer ball and say my name at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Not so happening. Like, hey, yeah, pass the ball, ink, pass the ball. Yeah, so that was much easier. Okay, I just thought like <laughs> ink meant something like, you know, ink. No, ink, I do have pads, not like you, but I have, uh, yeah, no, no, no. What do you have, what do you have tattoo wise? I'm always have, so interested. Yeah, I have a, uh, my coat of arms for Nigeria on my back. They, oh, I just no. learned that that was called the, uh, what's that like when it's on top of your bum? The people call it the- Oh, a tramp stamp. Yeah, I'm sad. I was like, at first, I'm I'm fifty something. And I'm like, that's what they call that stuff. I was like, that is not why I got it. But anyway, I, I have a, a lotus. I was in India, so I got um, these amazing tattoo artists. They were actually oh, they're the world. They, I have a lotus flower with an with the Om symbol on my on my back of my neck. I just oh. got, I just got one on my. I don't know if you can. I just got a little those little ones that they put now. Just oh, like, that's so them. nice. Yes. I have, um, fertility fish because <laughs> I tried to get <laughs> pregnant for the longest time. And I was like, oh my God, it's thin days now. So I tried everything. I was like, how about if I get a tattoo of fish just kind of swimming down? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe they need to swim up, I think. Yeah. They, they, need, they need the directional <laughs> arrow, right? This oh, way, no, 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 they're swimming down. They're supposed to be swimming, and then I have, and then I have a lotus flower on the other side. Yeah, I love it. See, and the thing is, you've got always got a story behind yeah. every tattoo, right? Right. That's what there's, there's always a story. I'm gonna go back to the tramp stamp though, because I love the fact that you had no clue that that's what it was. I have one too, and I got it was actually my first tattoo. I won't tell, well, actually, I the as soon as I realized I was going to be separated, that was my choice. And mm -hmm. I just decided, okay, I'm gonna do this. And then after I got it, same, I realized that it was called a tramp stamp. I'm like, what, who? 
obviously a guy made that up, but whatever, yeah. right? To me, I think it just, it's a nice, it's pretty, right? It has nothing to do. No. I don't and know then, that I get the coat of arms of my country. I know, <laughs> tattooed on your butt. But the funny thing is, when I was in, I was doing a little reader's program at grade one, and I guess I bent over and one of the little girls, Oh my God, Mrs. F, you have a beautiful tattoo on your butt. I'm like, oh my God. My poor kid was like, okay, I'm never going to live this down. So, tramp stamps live on. I'm just. Yeah, they do, they do. I do, do. Yeah. Oh boy. So, I have been so super excited to chat with you. I cannot tell you how much I adore your energy what you do. You didn't even know that I was at the WXN event. No, I can't believe that you didn't could... say something. I know. Well, you were so busy. You had all your fans around. Busy is and... not a scheduling problem. <laughs> so, but my point to my story is the second you came out, and I know you're very humble, but you lit up the room with your energy, with what you say, the way you say it. I was in awe of everything you did. I'm just gonna say Thank love, love, Thank loved you. everything. Thank you. I, look, Thank she's you. so humble, I love that. And the, I don't know how you do it when you, so I, I've seen a few things that you've, that you've done, which we're gonna talk about the I am in a moment, but you're naturally, the little bit that you and I have spoken, you naturally exhume that energy to everybody. And now you and I had a chat before the podcast. Explain what that means to you with every life you touch. Well, so first of all, let me, I'll use the WXM as a perfect example. Okay. So I don't know why that was, I don't know why, I don't know why I was chosen for that experience outside of somebody's you know, outside of Sherry and the team saying, oh my God, we've seen you, you're amazing, you're this and that. I truly believe there's a bigger purpose for that, okay? So what I do know that typically holds true is that there's gonna be hundreds of people in the room. Mm. And for whatever reason, on that particular day, I have been asked to take care of the room in a very special, unique way, which is hosting it. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that every experience, every conversation, every situation, every time I'm in the presence of another human being. And we, I, I laugh because we've had <laughs> we, had, we had an inside joke story about humans. <laughs> human <laughs> I truly believe that is, it is my, it is I'm there to help them be more empowered in, in the skin that they're in. Right. And to, and I believe that the number that's been described in my life is a billion. I do believe that I'm in this world uh, to help empower a billion people think in ways that are empowering. And a lot of times when I walk into these rooms, yes, there were like whatever, 500 people in there, but it's never about them. It's always about the people that they get to empower. Right. And so if I leave them in the empowered state, then mm. the next experience that they have is what actually feeds the billion. You get what I'm I saying? Because that. empowered oh. people empower people. So it's creating that domino effect. And interestingly enough, that day, because, um, so I thank you for the feedback that you shared in terms of how you experienced me, because mm -hmm. I was actually really scared. I, I do recognize that at some point or other, and that's why that quote came to me after Princess Sarah spoke, is that I hadn't fully stepped into the power of me. 
I was, I was um, oftentimes, especially as a black woman, and you walk into these spaces and they're white. It's a white space, let's just be real. It, it, there is diversity in the room. It's a white space, like it's, it's typically, Dive, we've 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 made those spaces more diverse, but they were established. If you go back in the years, like Sherry talks about how they're now driving more diversity, even through WXN, right? Like they talked about even this year was probably the the, the highest percentage they've had in terms of the diversity across the winning circle, which means that at some point or time it wasn't diverse. And so the fair enough. I guess see, I don't. You and I talked a little bit about yeah. this. May, you want to call it ignorance, you want to call it rose-colored glasses, or just me accepting pe I don't look at the way people look. I don't look at the, your, although your hair does look fab, as I said to you before. I don't really look at, like, that doesn't, but I, I understand where you're coming from. But to me, it's just was a bunch of humans. Yes, exactly. Right? And so but the fact that you felt like that and you're so authentic talking about it, is so powerful. So thank you for, so continue, continue sharing. Yeah. And what you just said is actually the truth because what, what, what you said is actually really real. It was a room of human beings. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter the background, where they started from, where they came from, their, their, their thoughts or the mindset. I was literally in a room with other human beings and it was my responsibility to have stepped into my fullest truth of a human being. That's all of our own personal responsibilities. And so mm -hmm. all of those other things that made me hold back are just the trauma, like the, the, like the trauma spaces in my life, right? Like the things that I have thought or that continue to feed. Or the experiences or you've experiences, had. Right. And so after Princess Sarah spoke, it was her it was her being so authentically and unapologetically awesome that said to me why am i holding back and so you may not have experienced this but i know that i experienced that transformation because when i went back on stage and the main fact that i screw the cue cards <laughs> and i <laughs> said the quote by marion williamson that was really truly when I stepped into my own personal power on that day. You're gonna make me cry. I love that. That is, and like you said, there's always a higher purpose. There's always a reason that we do certain things. Like you say, you don't know why you were chosen. So people from the outside looking in, we're like, because you're a freaking rock star. That's why you got chosen. You were great. But I love the fact that you've got that authenticity to be able to say, I was terrified. And you know what? I, I've told, I talked to you a little bit about who I've worked with in the past. Even Mick Jagger, even Bono, they're still nervous getting on stage. But a little bit of nerves, I yeah. feel they need that. And you know, yeah. you're an elite athlete. You need that for peak performance. Yes, but yeah. the fact that there was a there was that, but there was also the transformation mm -hmm. is profound. Yeah. I and love I think that. that's the key is that all of us have that within ourselves. It's just, and it's really about just trusting ourselves enough to to recognize that we're worthy to step into that, you know, power, you know? Mm. Yeah. Right. But you said something so interesting. And I think as we, you know, my next tattoo because there's many nuts, uh, will be will be not on the my lower back. Maybe it'll be up my spine or something crazy. But 
um, will be, and I know that Aerosmith says it way better, but life's a journey, not a destination. Yeah. And I feel as we go through our journey, and this is maybe where you're at, and as you continue to grow, I think we never stop growing. We never, even when, you know, you feel like you've had that transformation, I feel especially for you and for everybody, there's continual growth and transformations that happen. It's not like, okay, I got here, done, right? You continue, mm -hmm. like the fact that I asked you about, you know, a TED or TEDx talk and you went, let me look, I think that's on my vision board. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you looked up, yep, that's on my, I love that. Like, you know, you're just, you're, you're never stopping. You're always trying to continue to climb to the next best version of you. Yeah. But then you also said something about, well, that's my trauma. I love the fact that you own authentically whatever has happened to you, whatever you've experienced. You still hold space for that, but you get past it. How do people do that? You make it sound so easy. It's not. Uh -huh. You know, so I I, okay, so this I'm is just trying to get the little tidbits. <laughs> so I think, it, I, I think it's not. I think it's not. I th it's not. It's not easy. It takes work. Um, mm -hmm. But you know how we spoke about. You kind of touched about in the B roll. We talked about affirmations. Yes. So I think about when affirmations were introduced into my life. It was a time where I wanted to flip the script on how I was navigating this world. You understand? Mm. And I sort of wanted to take a little bit more. Like a decision you made. In, like a complete you... decision I made. Mm. And the book that I read was actually A Return to Love, which is where that quote came from. Oh, I love yeah. that. Okay. I've had that quote in my life since 2014. And Marion Williamson in that book talks about babies being born into love. And we learn hate. True. What baby do you know has come out? No. Hating the world. Yeah. I have not I have not read that article. I, Never. I no. And you're right. And yeah. lots of science to back up the fact that, you know, prior to five, something happened in your life. Something, you know, whether it was an you know, a parent that worked a lot or, you know, other traumas, you know, that all started to you know, kind of skew your very pure and natural way that you look at things. So you decided, you started to, I think, investigate, essentially, you find this book. Is that where the real transformation begins? I say that that's where it started, yeah. And you just made the, you know, I think that that book, for me, I just made a decision, right? We all have this opportunity in every experience that we're in to make a decision to say that this experience, I'm going to allow it to transform me. Every experience can transform you every experience i truly believe you can be in this constant loop of elevation right like every single day if you use your experiences to help press you forward versus pull you back and so you know i just started to excavate i started to really excavate and get my tr get back to that truth that you use the word natural that natural state of being birthed into love right or wanting yes. desiring love wanting to give love and get and receive love and i just said everything else is just trauma everything else if it doesn't feel like love it's a it's a it's a trauma space that i get to heal right it's a trauma space that i get mm -hmm. to use and as much as possible i mean i will be honest with you it's tough sometimes but it's sure. just a constant reminder even just the other day i went out for lunch with a friend it was after the conversation i realized ah i've not been looking at the situation from the right space i am supposed to use this situation 
to push me more into my purpose, right? Like I'm supposed to be able to teach from this experience that I'm having. And I just recognize that it is possible. Like if you actually start to say that everything I'm going through life, everything that I'm going through is transient, nothing is permanent. Mm -hmm. And that means that therefore there's gotta be something that I can use from this to fuel me, to help somebody else, right? Like not even attaching yourself to your trauma, but recognizing that you went through it for a reason to potentially help some other human in this world, you know, quickly advance through theirs as an example, right? So it's, it's really, it's really just that constant having these things on constant reminders. It's not that you're not going to go through it. It's not that I don't have these moments where I'm like, oh my God, you know, um, yeah. but it's, it's just a quick reset. Everybody has it. Yeah. Everybody has it. But I love the fact that you say that even though that you're, let's just say healed and let's say you're in a good space, you know, doesn't matter what it is, but I sort of always use the 80-20 rule and hopefully it gets to like 90-10, but you know, if 80-90% of the time you're good, things are going to come up, you know, and two things I want to go back to what you said, which I loved and I find very interesting, is you kind of, you're like, whatever didn't serve me is trauma to me. And I love that. It's, it's a lot of times it is, even for myself, it is about renaming for example, rejection to me is redirection. I'm like, I got rejected, woohoo, door slammed in my face, woohoo. No, no doesn't mean no, not ever. No means not with you, not today, not now, right? So I think, yeah, and I think it's the way that we sort of attach to certain things like you said, and the story we tell ourselves because, mm -hmm. You know, I realized through, and, and we're, I want to get into the whole bodybuilding with you in a moment, but, and body image and things like that, you know, having had four kids, you know, I, there was lots of negative body image and whatever there, but you know, it is just about being comfortable in your own skin, right? Yeah. And I think it, it takes time. It takes a lot of work. Some days are better than others, but you do have times where you take a step back, but you've got the knowledge you've got the tools to know listen i'm not going to sit in my poopy pants for long but i know i'm here so let me sort of get out of it what do you do to get out of it do you well, meditate I have a question for you before you ask me that yeah. yeah just because i think we're i think like humans right when things so sorry there's life so lifing we're constantly lifing and so when those i'm going to just call them unfortunate situations because you actually just correctly in my opinion, I, I totally align with what you said. You get to give it the meaning that best, hopefully best serves you, right? So when these yes. unfortunate situations show up, do they still surprise you? Like, do you be like, I can't believe this yes. happened to me? Do they? Yes. Yeah. Hell yes. Hell yes. And you know what one of my other businesses is, is private investigation, for example. I mean... 20 plus years. So I have seen stuff that you, you don't even read about or see in the movies. And I'm like, this for sure, for sure is like the worst thing. I just cannot believe. Da -da 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 -da. And then the next second, something else turns around and does the exact same thing, but 10 times worse. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what, you what if, can you imagine a world where Keep going. Average, I can, I can hear you. Human, yeah. Where the average human doesn't get surprised, right? Where we've, can, where we've recognized our power so much so 
that as things happen to us, we realize that the, that is because we're at a juncture in our life where this whatever's shown up is the vehicle to take me to the next level. Like, like meaning that I've I've outgrown the level I was at, and this thing now has shown up to help advance me. Can you imagine a world where that's how the average person thinks? Yes, and you know what? And I love that you brought that up, and that is deep and profound because I'll tell you something. I'm trying to get to that level. And, you know, I have many things in place when I'm lifing and, you know, you're a deer caught in headlights going, okay, did not expect this Mack truck to, you know, come driving on in at this exact moment. And, you know, you can breathe through it, you can whatever. So I try, so yes, I can. And I hope people like you and these kinds of open conversations will foster that. I don't know that we're there yet. I don't know that every human is there yet, but I know I'm trying to be there. Are you? Do you know why I believe that we could be there? Because you are? No, 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 no. I'm just going to go with my whole technology self. Because by this juncture, and I'm 51 years old, okay? There is no problem in my, like, I believe that can come my way that by now some human in this world has not experienced. Maybe they, maybe they got to it a little bit differently or, and so now we have generative AI. Like you don't even need to like sit in the corner by yourself and think you're the only person that's had this problem. You just pick up the phone that everybody seems to have like, there's six point yeah. something billion phones in this world, which means the majority of humans have a phone. And all you do is just go to ChatGPT and say, this problem just showed up in my life. How have people typically handled this and risen yes. from it? Like, yes. the, the, like it's actually so possible. But I we know. still feel this entitlement. I'm just gonna, I'm, and I'm not trying to just downplay anyone that's nope, listening. I know, and I have something to add. Right. We feel this entitlement that these things that come our way are ours to own. Mm. And then we feel like we're the, like, we're the, we're the human that's having to bear this. And yeah, I'm just exactly. like, I'm trying to get to myself where I recognize I'm just not that special. <laughs> it's just not all about me, right? Right? No, yes, but it's the, but I go back and sort of challenge that in the essence, maybe you've never felt that before. So when people come to me, you know, even as an investigator and, you know, they're on the floor and, you know, having a panic attack and their lives are falling apart, you know, I understand, like for me, I've seen it, you know, thousands of times a month, but they've only experienced it once. So for me, what I do with my clients, whether it's on a coaching level or whether it's as an investigator or as a friend, is you give that person that, what I like to call a space for a pity party, but then you know you dust your knees off, stand up, shoulders back, chin up, and away you go. I think you need to feel the emotion. I know that's not what you're saying, yeah. where it's like, <laughs> you don't get to feel anything, just you know, AI yourself back to health, right? I know you're not saying that, but you're right in saying that so many people go through it. 
But that, even what you're saying is is kind of part and parcel. It's about that. It's about the space between where whatever transpired mm. to where they've made a decision to go recognize that they're that somewhere someone has the solution. Yes. Yes. That, that space there is just trying to shorten the space of suffering. Yes. And I think I think for that purpose and for the purpose of support, it's so I mean technology is going to advance us in leaps and bounds and whether you want it or not it's here it's coming it's arrived you know you either get on the boat or you get left behind essentially right so it's i a agree vehicle. it's a vehicle to connect people to you mm-hmm. right like if people don't if people are in that kind of state and they and they go to google as an example and your name comes up you be you are going to help them you become the solution to their to whatever challenge it is. So I, I think I'm, I'm speaking like meta, more metaphorically is just, we have the, we have everything within our means to shorten our yes. space of suffering. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, and I'm agreeing with you. We're, we're debating. I don't think we're even debating. It. I no, think we're no, both saying no. the same thing, but we're debating also like where that person goes. Cause sometimes when you get hit by life, Sometimes they don't know where to go. Maybe yeah. a private investigator, you wouldn't think you'd go to maybe a therapist because you yeah. would think, well, they know all about infidelity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they put you in this box. And then anyways, that's a whole nother, <laughs> that is a whole nother <laughs> podcast for another time. But uh, I think that what you're saying is that you can think outside of the box. And yeah. I'm so an outside of the box thinker. You're lucky if you even get me on the perimeter. But yeah. to me, it's like you have to, be able to know that there's solutions and there's answers. But the big thing, what I always tell people is to be curious. And I think that's what you're saying too, right? Yeah. You said it way better than I said it is, is, is your problems are not yours to own. They're yours to get curious about. And, and the quicker you can get into curiosity, the faster I, I, the shorter, I think your space of suffering is. I agree 100% talking about suffering. Okay, how you do the bodybuilding. We need to chat about that because I've, you know, I have friends that have done it. Uh, I have lovely people that I've known and now you, and there is such discipline and such an, and then on top of it, let alone how great that I feel that you and other people that work that hard to do that transformation uh, work, okay? But now I love the story of there's a whole other side to that that the general public does not know. Yeah. And so prior to uh, the podcast starting, you and I chatted a little bit about it. Do you mind to chat about it mm-hmm. with us? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do tell. When did you yeah. start? When did you start your uh, journey into the fitness world? So I. Um, so if I'm really honest, uh, which I am going to be. <laughs> I stepped into a gym at the age of 18, so I'm 51, so that's how long ago, and uh, I was very fortunate. I, um, working at the gym in Montreal, um, it was actually John Abbott College, was Andre Beijing, and he's, uh, he was Mr. Canada. He's been Mr. Canada, and so right out of the get, I was introduced into the world of like weight training and lifting from from a bodybuilder, right? Someone who really got it. And I think he always, one of the things he told me back then was that I had the structure and the physique for it, right? And certainly genetics and stuff like that. 
but my sport was soccer, football, whatever, and um, and I played that competitively um, till the age of 25. So my dad, my dad was a soccer player, and I, and, and it just kind of was in, in our blood in the in the home. And, I love uh, it. And then I had an injury at the age of 25. Uh, I mean, I had still continued to weight train, and so seven years in, and I decided that I was going to hang up my cleats. Um, mm -hmm because it was also really hard to be in a team sport as I, my career was advancing. And so I, I just, I had a friend who was a bodybuilder at the time. She, you know, took me to a competition. I loved, I, well, for one, I would say aesthetically, I love the way the women looked like, you know, and uh, because they had some new categories at the time, it wasn't just female bodybuilding. Cause I think I always had like sort of that real masculine thought in my mind and they had introduced what was called uh, figure so there are these women who were aesthetically pleasing um, their bodies were all very symmetrical so the wide shoulders the tiny waist the the, the quad sweeps and then they were in heels and beautiful sequined bikinis. i love the outfits and the heels i know <laughs> and i, I was like it. i want to do that and so i entered my first bodybuilding show and uh trained for 25 weeks and yeah. um knew nothing about the sport which uh which is in large part what then challenged me for the next 10 years after that. So it started in 2005 and competed straight for probably 10 years. And in those 10 years, I think that the biggest part of the sport that's not spoken about a lot was something that I experienced. It became really unhealthy. I was trying to look, so my after my first competition, when I stepped off stage, I had dehydrated for 36 hours, which I would never do again, but that's, that's what I did at the time. Well, I, I always wondered, let's stop there for a second. Cause I always wondered, I'm like, you see like every ripple in there. And I'm like, how do you do that? And well, how do you do that? Yeah. Nutrition. I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole. It is, but it's but also that hydration 48 hours prior. Right. Yeah. But now it's not like now I think, especially now with science being so advanced and people knowing better about the sport. I have not ever dehydrated like that again in, in all of my competitions. And you train with you train with people that are more knowledgeable and more experienced. And so I'm constantly sipping water all the way through until I step on until the hours I step on stage, right? And so anyway, um, I digress. So what happened was I came off stage, I remember it was October twenty fifth in Toronto and that was a Saturday. And on the twenty sixth I no, I weighed hundred and twenty eight pounds, like two percent body fat. I went and ate Chinese food on the Sunday and I gained 30 pounds by Monday. What? 30 pounds? How much Chinese food did you eat, girl? The sodium killed me. What? Landed me in the hospital. I had to get a um, pharmaceutical diuretic, so um, to drain the water. And that first night, I remember I lost 11 pounds and then- Oh, it was water. Yeah. It was all water. Oh, it was water retention. Yeah. My knees, I couldn't even, I remember I was at work and my, and my legs had to be elevated. Right. And it was really bad. Like I had edema and, um, had edema really badly anyway. So the, the cycles for me, the, the, the negative cycle for me started that day because I looked this, I won my first show. I looked this amazing. I had this amazing physique on stage by Monday. I couldn't find that physique to save my life. Wow. And there was no real, like, it took me 25, 25 weeks to get there. Imagine that two days to lose it. 
And then it was just to get back to that physique. It's the whole mindset of you got to train twice a day. You have to eat your chicken bread. Like it was just, and I entered into the cycle of, it was just, it was so unhealthy. Like body. Do you like obsess about it? I guess it's, you have to obsess about it. Anything that you do at a pro level, in my humble opinion, or anything you do, you have to kind of be neurotic about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have to be very disciplined, very diligent. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what I would think anyways. Yeah. So I became really obsessed and for 10 years, it was almost like I was on this quest to always look like I did on stage. And it wasn't until I met somebody really smarter than me in the sport that said, you know what, I just want to be really honest with you. Let's just, let's just cut to the chase. You're looking at all these magazines and those women that are on the front page of those magazines, they look like that for one day one day so they 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 get ready for that one day they take all of these different sh photo shoots and different outfits and they use those same photos for the entire year yeah. until yeah. they look like that again right and so it was just this big aha and then i think for me um i recognized i had to get out of that 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 cycle because it was affecting mm -hmm. my relationships and marriage it was just it was really extremely unhealthy and if you actually follow a lot of competitors, you'll actually see, like, there's this, it's still to this day, right? Like, there's a lot of people are like, I'm getting ready for a competition. And then the day of the show, everything is about the food porn. I can't wait to look what I'm going to yeah. eat after the show, right? And they're showing all these chocolates and all. And I'm like, that's like, that's such not the right part of the sport. Yeah. And really and truly, um, I had to get out of it and it took me 10 years and then I started to say, okay, you know, I, I think I haven't attached a why to why I do this. Everything needs a why. And, mm -hmm. and that's when I just started to change it. Like, is how am I using this very individual sport to help and influence the lives of others? Right. And so just attaching a different why to it and trying to, and what was your why? Can you share what your why was? Yeah, that's where I came through empowered in my skin. Right. And so I, you know, as I started on this journey of self-discovery, um, self-realization and self-awareness, I just became a little bit more empowered in the skin that I was in. And, and then everything I did had to be attached to that, like is the way that I'm empowering myself, empowering others, right? And so- um, But why were, why were you, like, was it because you were so competitive sort of growing up that as you grew up, then you attached yourself to that competitiveness with the bodybuilding. I guess that's, that's sort of the why, yeah. like, why did you do like, I'm um, trying to figure out your why to why you did. I mean, I could see doing one or two shows, but you did 10 years that that's discipline and commitment on a whole nother level. Right? Yeah. So I think discipline runs in my family, right? So my mom is very disciplined. Uh, my dad, um, and so very like I, I'm Nigerian background, right? And so it's always about excellence. It's always about um, pushing yourself, um, striving to do the best that you can. And I think in, in that type of sport, um, it is, it's all transformation, right? There's something pretty awesome about being able to take your body from one state to the next. And, and then routines, I'm a creature of habit. I love the routine nature of the, of the sport. And I am very competitive, right? Like I, I'm always about wanting to push and do better. And uh, even now, as I think about wanting to compete again, it's on my vision board to, you know, I have 
you know, you want to get to the Olympia, you want to get to the highest yeah. stage in the sport. Um, and so, yeah, I just, you think I, I you will it. compete again. Oh yeah. 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 This year I'm, I'm working towards it. And so my mind is I'm a champion and I'm going to, um, compete again. It's not easy because life is very different right now. And so mm -hmm. it's making it work in the lifestyle that I have now, but what I recognize that it, it influences who I hang out with, the things that I do, how I use my time and everything that, um, and as I start to, you know, really build the structure that's needed in order to be able to succeed, I find that I'm actually way more productive. That's awesome. So, you know, I, I know it sounds, but my why is all tied around, how can I be the most excellent at everything I do and waste as, as little amount of time as possible in this world? So. <laughs> there you go, right? And how can I get in and out of the gym really fast? No, I'm just kidding. Well, I noticed when you were showing me your tattoo, I'm like, oh my goodness, look at the muscles. So it's no shocker that you are getting ready to compete. And you and I, and you know, you and I have talked that we're going to be doing lots of fun things together. I have so many other questions. I know we have to end it in a few minutes, but I have two other really important questions if you don't mind for you. Let's go. I, so our name, I am unbreakable. Yes. We're going to go to your I am in a moment. What does it mean to you to be unbreakable? So it's, it's interesting because what comes to mind is something that a very, uh, a friend of mine that was actually really close once, um, once said to me that bent, but not broken, mm. you know? And I think that, I think that there's a lot of things in our lives that can bend us. But I think that when you know that your life is intended to do something in this world, nothing will break you. Absolutely nothing. Because That's why you are unbreakable. You're bigger, you're bigger than whatever has come your way. And it's really there to just kind of bend you and shape you and reinforce you and redirect you. I love what you said earlier, um, but not break you. I don't think there's anything here in this world that's intended to break you. I love that. You said it so perfectly. And also, you know, being unbreakable, just having, you know, I am unbreakable, having that affirmation is what you just said. You know, I'm resilient. I'm fearless. Whatever's going to come my way, it, it could bend me. It could, yeah. you know, take me off course a little bit, but nothing is going to break. And, and that's when I see and when I envision a woman that is unbreakable, I envision somebody like yourself. You are a rock star through and through. Let me tell you, definite love. So going back to the positive affirmations. So do you use mindfulness and meditation or what do you use? Like when I, to sort of get you, because you have to be in a state to be able to be as disciplined as you are, right? And all the amazing things that you do. So when I saw your, um, your talk on the I am, you believe it and you become. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I love yeah. it. Um, for anyone that's listening to this, I think the most powerful thing that you can probably do in your life is become the first person you speak to every single day. Because if you can actually start to do that, you will create your environment. You'll create the environment that you wanna have, right? And when I say speak to yourself, I mean speak to yourself in the most powerful, 
you know, use words that will not break you, but use words that will actually shape you and evolve you and elevate you. And so every single day it's my non-negotiable. I actually talk to myself first. My husband and I get up at 4.10 every single morning and we just know, like we, you know, we are polite. So we'll say great morning. He'll say, I say great morning, he says good morning. He goes down to the basement, he does his meditation. I, you know, get on my, I start to pray. And then when I walk to the mirror, I speak to myself. And I speak to myself with affirmations and I tell myself what kind of a day I'm gonna have it doesn't matter what shows up I've already I've already told myself how we're gonna show up for the day right and so and it's really powerful and I just I believe that it was I believe that I could do it and it just over time doing it every day letting it become my non-negotiable I'm actually doing it that is so powerful and so Wow I am going to take some of that uh, and start doing it myself. And I do certain affirmations like that as well. I'm a 5 a.m. girl. I'm now I'm thinking, am I, and when I wake up at like, if I hit snooze, I know I'm not supposed to, good leaders never hit snooze, but if I get up at like 5.30, even on vacay, people are like, it is vacation. I'm like, I don't care. I feel like I'm late. It's It's my time where it's, nice and whatever, right? But now you're saying 410, I'm like, damn. I think I'm, 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 I'm late for the party again, right? But I love that because it gives you that space and that time for yourself. And, yes. you know, in a world that we're so busy, you actually, you know, because we are all busy. I can tell you I work 18, 19 hour days and I know you'll believe me. So I'm like, so where do I fit in the gym? Where do I, who cares? You, you know, you fit in nail appointments, hair appointments, um, lunches with your friends. You can yeah. fit in five minutes or 45 minutes for you. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're essentially, that's the message I'm hearing from you. Yeah. Put you first because then you can be the best version of you for everybody else, right? I love it. And I, and I think for anyone that's listening, like if you truly want to embrace being I am unbreakable, then if, if it's something that you want, we do what we want to do. And what are all those things that you need to do in order to be able to be unbreakable, right? Like, if, if that's what you truly desire, and I truly desire it, like when you reached out to me, like you were very complimentary when you started, but I just want to also let you know that when you reached out to me, I was really flattered. I was like, oh, let me, let me look up this human a little bit. And I was like, oh, wow. you reached out to well, me. That's pretty thank awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, I love but the message print out to the world. Thank you. And same. And, you know, that's where, you know, when you talk about being vulnerable um, about, well, you talked about being vulnerable when you were on stage and, you know, being nervous and stuff. It's so funny that we think, oh, I'm, you know, I'm too scared to do this or I'm too nervous, but you're sharing with the world essentially that, hey, I was that too. Even though I showed up like a rock star and there were sparks and fire going on behind me, I still showed up and gave you my best version, but I was scared too, but it's okay. You still did it. You still went through and did it, right? Because it won't break you. Yeah. <laughs> there is no breaking you, There's girl. No break. <laughs> so, oh, no way. And you know what? I think this is, you know, the start of many things we're going to do together. So I'm going to sadly have to end our conversation for today. But I want to ask you, what is next for you? What I'm dying to, I'm like, can you put your thing here on the vision board, which I would never impose that on you, but what is next for all the amazing things you're doing? 
Well, I say, uh, if I look at my vision board, it says the best way to become a billionaire is to help a billion people. So I'm, you know, going to continue this quest. I'm going to help you with that. Thank you. So we wrapped up season five of the Empowered of My Skin podcast. We kick off season six in March of 2024. So really, really excited about um, another 52 episodes. Um, I mentioned that I'm going to compete. So that's my personal mission um, to achieve in uh, in 2024. Um, But I will be honest with you, like I I truly just I truly believe that my biggest thing is I want to feel that I'm living at the highest expression of myself in 2024 and whatever that means. Right. And then just allowing Mm -hmm. myself to be fully aligned to great experiences. And so this might be one that kicks it off. Um, But I, you know, I, uh, I, I want to travel more in 2024. Um, But I'm really, I'm actually just opening up. Maybe the DR. (laughs) Just saying we are talking, just saying there could be a DR trip in your very immediate future. You know, and I I love the fact, so I'm not, I don't know how you are when it comes to sort of vision boards and um, new, I I never make New Year's resolutions. I'm sorry, I don't. don't For me, I'm all about, you know, I'll never forget when I I dropped 40 pounds. I did whatever, I don't know, like several years ago. I started December 11th. You know the flack that I got from people? Why would you do it before Christmas? And I looked at them and I said, why not? Well, why don't you just do it as a New Year's resolution? You're not going to be able to eat and you're not going to. And I said, exactly. So I'll have five pounds less to uh, lose by the time you've gained, like, you know, and everybody's got their opinion and whatnot. So I don't do New Year's resolutions or new, like, and I think you're the same. You just, you have your vision board, new stuff appears, you peel stuff off, you've done and you've accomplished, which is lots. And so... I like the fact that you organically say, I am open to almost everything that serves me and that serves my purpose. Mm -hmm. So there are things that you're still open to that maybe aren't on your vision board, Mm -hmm. right? And can you share, I don't know if we shared it just to sort of in closing, because you said when you were asked to do WXN, right? You were sort of questioning, okay, well, why me and whatever, but then you realized your higher purpose. So is it sort of being open to opportunity and not knowing what is going to be behind door number one or two? Yeah, I think for me, it's um, my North Star is to help a billion people. And, and a lot of people ask me, what does that look like or feel like? It feels to me like it feels extremely massive. Like it actually, I, 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 don't, I don't know how, I've been to India. Outside of being in India, I don't know what a billion people in a room look like. But I truly do believe then it does squished. mean that I squished. But it does mean that I have to allow myself to receive bigger and bigger platforms. And so I don't know what those platforms are gonna be. But I do know that if I don't if I don't sort of allow myself to be open to receive them and feel scared even when they show up, mm-hmm. um, then I'm actually not gonna achieve that higher purpose that I that I've kind of set them that uh, that I've set for myself. So I don't, um, I'm always curious. I'm going to use your word. I'm mm-hmm. actually curious into my day and I keep my eyes open and I ask a lot of questions and I'm open to meet people. So your network is your net worth. And, uh, and there's a reason that you and I have been connected. And oh, there sure is. Cause my wheels, you know, as you're talking are turning like crazy and I am so honored and blessed. Thank you so much for joining us and we are going to do great things together. And you and I are going to have 
lots to talk about. Obviously, we're going to feature you uh, through the next publication as well as some of the events that we're going to do together. So we'll be seeing lots more of each other. Thank you I so love much. It. I love have, it. Thank you, Adrian. Have an awesome day. Big love. Big love.